0: Thanks for checking out the Bridge Podcast. It's not a mistake, you found us. We pray God speaks to you today. Check us out Sundays at 10.30 a.m. For more information, go to sfbridge.org. Like your own kids. It's an incredible blend to a family. Now there's one family in particular in the Bible that was blessed with a blended divine circumstance. It was Jesus. Think about it for a moment. He was, in fact, raised in a blended family, wasn't he? Think about it for a moment. Okay? Joseph, his dad, was really more of a stepdad to Jesus. Why? Because two reasons. First of all, who was his real father? God. God was his real father, okay? The Holy Spirit impregnated Mary. It wasn't Joseph. Joseph had nothing to do with it. And in fact, here's what's really interesting. When you read the genealogy of Christ, all the way either from the Abraham line or from the, uh, from the Adam line, all the way down... Do you know what's interesting? Joseph is within that line, yet we never see those lines cross. Isn't that interesting? Within the Bible, yet God was blessing this blended family. Now, it's different circumstances than what we're maybe used to, but let's read it here. It's, it's kind of the Christmas story. I know we're past Christmas, and today it's like beautiful out, so you're not even thinking Christmas. But let me read Matthew chapter 1, verse 19 through 25. Here we go. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law, and yet did not want to expose her, talking about Mary, to public disgrace, the virgin will conceive and give birth to his son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage, that means have sex, until she gave birth to his son, and he gave, them, he gave him the name Jesus. Now let's unpack this just for a moment. We're going to look at this Christmas story a little different than we ever have. Joseph was his stepdad, in, in essence, and he had a huge weight, Okay? Could you imagine trying to fill the shoes of God the Father, you know, to Jesus? Just, just put yourself in Joseph's shoes. Like, no, thank you. I don't want that job. So, you know, get somebody else. And yet Joseph, in this divine blended family, he chose some incredible characteristics to apply that I would encourage you to apply, especially if you are in a blended situation. This is for you today or for those of you to be the church for those in a blended family situation number one is this that we find through this story joseph had honor and he had respect for his family he had honor and respect for his family even before god speaks to him in a dream the word says he was going to treat mary kindly he was going to divorce her quietly do it you know in a very godly way very wise he wasn't gonna display her say look what happened look what she did he had honor and he had respect he's going i can't believe she's pregnant but he still wants to be a man of honor. And he goes from, in my perspective, from this good guy in faith to a great guy in faith because of the respect, the honor that he displayed. And then second is this, and this is the reason he went from good to great, is because Joseph had a deep faith in following God's plan. He had a deep faith. God spoke to him through a dream. God speaks to us through his word today, okay? He speaks to us, he's always speaking, we're just not always listening. And if you have a blended family, do what Joseph does. He doesn't even argue with God. He just says, yes, Lord, I'll marry her. Now let me talk to all men for a moment. Ladies, you can nudge your husband or your spouse, or if there's a guy next to you that you don't know, just kick him in the ribs a little bit this morning. There are two phrases you need to learn if you don't remember anything else. It's, yes, Lord. That's the first one, and you probably already know the second one, yes, dear. If you know those two things, life will go well with you. Alright? Have the faith in the Lord and then lead as the man. And we talked about how God asks you to lead. Third is this. Joseph made huge, huge sacrifices for his family. Incredible sacrifices. If you are going to make a blended family work, guess what? You're going to have great sacrifices. For those of you living in it, you know that. There's great you got to learn to die to yourself. Well, what does that mean? Joseph laid down things he laid down his reputation you know he didn't care what happened he's like okay i'm gonna marry her even though this looks really bad really bad in their culture he said no i don't care i'm gonna do what god wants he then laid down his home they move away from where his upbringing is he lays down his career everything he's known for and then they move away from his family they move to egypt it says afterwards he didn't want to go to egypt that's not where his family was from the other thing he lays down is he lays down his honor in the jewish custom What happened, and basically in our custom today, when we have a child, we get to do what? We get to name the child. Right? We get to name the child and they and they take on our last name in our culture. Well, during this day and age, what would happen is the, the male would be the one to choose the name of the child. Well, what happens in this Christmas story? God told him to name the child Jesus. And so he lays down his honor by naming him a name that he probably didn't want. Probably wasn't the name he would have chosen. And so in a blended situation, there's this battle constantly about selfishness or being selfless. It happens all the time, over and over. The fourth characteristic Joseph shows is great patience. Great patience. He didn't consummate the marriage until the baby was born. He waited. And if you have kids after childbirth, if you've been there, what do you have to do? You have to wait four to six weeks before you can, you know, celebrate, or whatever you want to call it again, okay? That's it. He put his dreams on it, Not till years later does the Bible say he goes back to his home. And so there's this, there's this friction that happens a lot of times in blended families. There's these, these things that get shouted out all the time, well, you're not my real dad, or you're not my real mom, or you're not, you're not my real son, or you're not my real daughter. And all these things are painful, and they bring, they bring all this friction. And what God is saying, you've got to die to yourself and go... No, this is is where we're at today, and God wants to do something in and through this situation. Number five is this. You've got to realize, okay, if you're in a blended situation, I want you to catch this this morning. You've got to realize that great outcomes are possible. Do you believe it? Great outcomes are possible. Jesus had brothers. He had more family. We have two books of the Bible by his brothers. One is James, most likely the, the brother of Jesus. And then we have Jude, another brother of Jesus. Here they are still serving the Lord. In fact, we see James taking the church, the early church and leading it until he was you know, basically killed for his faith. He was thrown off the top of, a, top of a temple and killed for his faith. And we see both of these things happening. His family was incredible. Great things happened in your family. I, want to, I just want you to know this, that your family, blended family, can do great things for God. It can do great things for God. The reality is this. Today's reality is we don't get like angelic visits coming and saying, hey, your wife is impregnated with, you know, God's own son. That's not the way that it works today. It's different how we have blended families. And so it could happen through adoption. It could happen through foster parent. It could happen through divorce. It could happen through remarriage. But I want you to believe, just as when we started this series, that God, no matter if you're a blended family, extended family, if you have a dysfunctional family, God wants the best for your family and you can do the best for God, with your family. Do you agree with that? If you do, say yes. All right, cool. Here we go. Moving on. I want to be extremely open and vulnerable with you this morning, all right? Um, One of the toughest things as a pastor is when somebody comes to me and says, pastor, I'm getting married and I have a choice to make. Do I marry them or do I not? And I have to pray about it because we won't marry everybody that comes to us. We won't do it. Sometimes we we go through and realize this couple's not meant to be together or there's issues they haven't dealt with in their heart. And here's where our church stands on on divorce. I want you to know this today. Because many of us have been through a divorce. Many of us have been through that before. We will try anything, anything we can as a church to see families stay together, anything. We will do whatever it takes. We require any person we marry, any family that we marry, they go through premarital counseling. Some of you have gone through that with us. It's intense, but we try to hit everything we think that might come up during your marriage. What's gonna happen? What are the things you're gonna talk about? You know, we go through all of it. And and the other thing is this, we desperately want you to honor your vow, the vow that you are about to make with your husband or with your wife. And then you go, you know what, marriage is not perfect, okay? We don't have a perfect marriage. It's been like two hours since Heather and I disagreed on something, okay? Two hours. You're going to disagree. You're going to have fights. Things are going to get really bad. It's going to seem like hell showed up at your door sometimes in marriage. We have a choice to make. Are you going to make it work or are you going to give up? And let me say this. As a church, we believe strongly in that bond. And what we want beyond the shadow of a doubt is for you to work it out. In fact, we have um, incredible prayer counselor, counselors here. Butch and Ann Brubake, they're awesome. Um, they'll, they'll sit down with you. It's all confidence. I don't even know what you guys talk about. They just sit and they pray with you and they go, hey, let's work this out. Let's figure this out even when couples are like, man, I think it's over, we still are for marriage as a church. We're against frivolous or foolish divorce. We will do anything we can. Now, there's situations where a spouse is not bound, okay? And we'll try to figure that out, figure out reconciliation, but we also give freedom as a church in those situations. In a divorce and a remarriage situation, when there's children involved, gets a little messy. It brings friction. If you are here this morning, I believe God wants you to get to the next level with your family, with your blended family, with your kids, and see what God can do in your family. Okay? Divorce, by the way, how, how many have heard like the divorce statistic? You know, you've heard it before, like how many families in the world or how many in the church? You know, maybe you've heard it before, well in the church there's even more divorce. And that statistic is kind of skewed. And actually there's a new study done. And it used to be 50%, 60% of all families would end up in divorce. Today, here it is, this is, just a, this is back from September, divorce rates have gone down 39%. It's gone down 11% in the last 10 years. Praise God, okay? Now, let me speak to those of you, or those that have friends that know about divorce. Um, if, if someone has divorced, and they get married again and they divorce a second time and they get married again for a third time okay they have a 73 percent chance of getting divorced why well there's this mindset and this comes down to any family situation whether you're single married blended family it doesn't matter and what happens is we end up going well i need to look for someone better i need to find an upgrade yeah i need to go down to the store and swap this one out not the way it works Sorry, wives. Instead of looking for a better person in that moment, ask God to make you a better person.
1: Okay?
0: I see people get divorced, and what happens is they bring the same pain and they bring the same struggle into the next marriage rather than dealing with the crap, deal with it right away. Okay? Ask God to heal you. Ask God to work on you. Well, but but, but Pastor, they need this, and they need that, and God needs to work on her. No, no, you can't fix them. You can only fix you, and so let God heal your heart. Let me say this, one more thing before we go into mended families, about blended families. We need to walk alongside as a church with blended families, loving on them, taking them out, having fun, praying for them, being a friend to them. And one of the greatest mistakes in any church, if you come from a blended family, or you go through family pain or family struggles, the greatest mistake that any of us make inside this church, the Bridge Church, or any church for that matter, is you get to know this great group of believers Okay, and and we think the world of them, and then all of a sudden the poo hits the fan in our life and we're going, I I don't want to share anything. No, people knew what really is going on. They're going to think less of me. That is the greatest myth you could ever believe. And so if you believe that, I need you before you leave the doors to throw that myth out and know that we walk as the family of Christ no matter what your history is in this church. Come on, church, are you with me this morning? That's what it's about. All right, here we go, mended. Everyone say mended. Mended. What's mended mean? Well, mended, we're going to talk about single parenting, dysfunctional families, widows, and orphans. Orphans. i got to fly through this here. I'm running late. Orphans. God loves orphans. Doesn't He love orphans? He loves orphans. God has their back. God takes care of them. He loves them all and He takes care of them. Here's what James says in his book in the Bible about orphans. James chapter 127. This is huge. He says, religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this. To look after orphans and widows in their distress, and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world—that's good religion. That's what it means to, to be a Christian: to take care of the widows, to take care of the orphans. Widows—we talk to widows for a second. God loves those who are vulnerable. Okay, younger ones—they remarry, and then if the family doesn't take care of the widow, guess who's next on that docket? We are. You're the church, not a building. You just learned about that. We're to take care of them. Don't wait for the widow to ask for help. Okay, You know somebody who's widowed. Don't don't wait for them to come to you. You've got to be proactive. They don't know how to be single if they've been married a long time. They don't know anymore. They forgot. They've done life with their partner forever. And so be proactive. You know those moments where you really feel like you should do something for a family? That's the Holy Spirit brought in you. The Holy Spirit's not a gut. The Holy Spirit is within you going, hey, you're to take them out to lunch. Hey, you're to buy them this. Hey, you're, you know what? You're to sacrifice your Christmas this year and give it to that widow. When the Holy Spirit prompts those things in you, listen to them, listen to them. Single parents, Genesis 21 and 16 talks about somebody by the name of Hagar. And I just have to brief over this very quickly. But Hagar was basically Abraham and Sarah's maidservant. And God promised Abraham and Sarah that they would have a baby, and she said, "No, go go sleep with my main servant." They do. They have this kid named Ishmael. And God essentially says this in Genesis 21 to Hagar, who now is a parent by herself, because when Sarah and Isaac had Isaac, or when Sarah and Abraham had Isaac, God said, or, or Sarah said to Hagar, "Get out of here. We don't want anything to do with you." And so she found herself out in the mountains, wanting to die. She just wanted to end her life. She said, "I have I have nothing, nothing left to give you, God." And God showed up. And God showed off. God said in Genesis 21, He promised her and said, you will not die. He said, I promise for you and your son that you will become a great nation. And just a couple verses before that, if you're a widow here, you know somebody, share this verse with them, 16, 13 in Genesis. It says, she gave this name to the Lord, talking about Hagar, who spoke to her. You are the God who sees me. Sometimes when we're single and we're at a church, And we're going through the family messages, we hate it because we're going, ah, I'm not married yet. You're widowed, you're going, man, I don't know that anyone sees me. God does, and we do as a church. Church, you gotta give them a night out. You gotta bless the widow. Now to those that have dysfunction and hurting, welcome to the club, okay? You know, I, I said last week, every family has dysfunction. If you think your family doesn't, that is your dysfunction, okay? truth there. Every family has some bit of dysfunction and has hurt. God can heal that and he can bring hope. Don't wait, okay, to mend the hurts. Be the, you have to be the men to mend those families. Again, you've got to believe that God wants to change your ending. He wants to change your family tree. You get to show off God's greatest by sharing the painful stories a lot of times, and then seeing how God's grace abounded in your family. If you have dysfunction. If you've come from that, if you have the mended family, God can show you that. Let me end with this last one as our team's coming up here this morning. We want to get you out having fun out here. It's beautiful. But this one is really important. We're going to end on a real positive note. How many here, just, I, I, I want to see, because I want us to all honor you and, and give you some uh, kudos this morning. How many grandparents do we have in our audience? We just raise your hand if you're a grandparent this morning. Come on up for our grandparents. Come on. Now, not everyone is excited about their extended family, okay? You watch sitcom television, we know this, all right? That's where we learn truth, right? Not. Sometimes there's great pain and with grandparents or aunts or uncles or cousins, and there's all this stuff that we remember growing up or things that happened to us. And what we have to do in that situation, is we've got to offer a lot of grace, a lot of forgiveness, if your family has done harm to you. Now, most homes in the Bible, they were an extended family. In fact, in the Bible, what would happen is you would have the dad, and he would go out, and he would build his home. And biblically speaking, what would happen in that culture is then the son, he would have a son, and the son, if they had a son, he would build on and he would add on to the house. It was essentially the same house, but two different living quarters. The third thing that would happen is they would have a son, so now you had grandpa, son, and the grandson within the home. And he would add on. That's why we read that verse in the Bible. It says, in my house... There's many rooms. You know. There's many blessings. There's always room for one more in God's house, okay? There's always room for one more, same at the church. God is always adding on, he's always extending. And I want to end today, I want to talk to you grandparents for a second. Now I'm not one yet, praise Jesus, because <laughs> then we'd be, having, we'd be talking a whole other thing right now. Um, but I still can't wait. I, I love spoiling my kids, man. And I pale in comparison to spoiling my kids to you grandparents. You know how to do it. You know how to do it. I want to give you three challenges today if you're a grandparent. Talking about extended family. Some of us live with our extended family. When we started the church, my wife and I, God bless Heather's mom and dad, we lived with her parents for eight months, nine months, ten months, ten mo- eleven months, eleven months. She remembers needless to say we didn't get pregnant during that time anyway moving on hey we're just keeping it real all right grandparents today first is this this is a charge to you i want you to take heart of this today i think the world of grandparents number one give your grandchildren history your family history give them your history where'd you grow up where are you from where are your ancestors from we love your stupid stories we love them you know, you had to go to school, you had to walk bo- uphill both ways, you know, whatever. I, we love that. We, we say we don't. We, uh, we just want to hear it. We want to know it. I, I used to play with Heather's grandma. I loved her, man. She was awesome. Cornelia was her name. And, and I'd sit down and I'd play canasta with her back and forth. And she taught me canasta. And when I beat her, I would like go and I put the scorecard up on the refrigerator. I'm like, yeah, I finally got you, you know. And and uh, she would sit and she would just tell me stories. I couldn't just stop asking. I'm like, tell me more. And they lived in southwest Minnesota, and excuse me, southeast Minnesota, and I said, I wanna know more. And she would talk about these stories of their car going back and forth. It was like a Model T car. That it was the only car they could have. There wasn't options yet back in the day. And, and she would go from their city to the general store, and every time they'd get a flat tire. And I'm just, listening, taking this in. I, was, I just wanted to hear more. Your grandkids, grandma and grandpa, they want to hear these stories. And it cannot come from anybody but you. Number two, give your family a better perspective with your wisdom, AKA your age. You've been in the long game, not the short game, okay? You're, you're in the long game, not the now. Speak into the morals of your grandchildren. Come on, let's face it. You guys are all about the real morals. You're, you're, you're about the stuff that's really worth. We're, we're following your example. We're following your legacy. We're also, we also hate and love what you do with our kids because what you do with our kids is you're the, you're the one that's irrational. You'll go and you'll give them a cookie before dinner. You know That's, that's grandparents. That's, don't stop doing that, okay? Like do that. Be irrational because I believe that's the way that God loves us. I believe that God is so irrational about every single one of us. I really believe that. That his love, sorry, his love for us is so unconditional. Excuse me, I'm Sorry. It's so unconditional that it's almost irrational. There's not even a reason that he should love us for who we are. And yet that's the father in whom we serve. That's the one that chose you. That's why you're here this morning. That's why God chose you. That's why God said, you're the one that I want to speak into you. You're the one. Let me give this third one if I can see. Help your kids. Now, help your kids. Bless them. Bless your grandkids. You know, one of the greatest things that that uh heather's parents do for us from time to time is they'll take our kids and our kids are like yeah we get to go to grandma and grandpa's house and it's our secret plan for us to get away you know everybody wins all right and we're like skipping and dancing going away and grandma and grandpa are happy and the kids are happy it's awesome give them vacations if god has blessed you in such a way give them that time you know go steal your grandkids for a couple of hours take them Be that grandma and grandpa. Let me share one more scripture, and we'll sing this last song together. 1 John chapter 3, 1. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God, and that's what we are. I love how it ends, and that's what we are. God's house will always have room for one more edition, okay? And I'm not talking about the church edition. I'm talking about you and me being a part of this eternal blessing it's great fi- grace filled and god loves us with that irrational unconditional love we pray with me this morning oh jesus thank you so much for coming and, and dying for us thank you so much for living a sinless life even with a dad who wasn't biologically yours god there's so many of us hurting so many different places. I just pray you'd meet us where we're at and you'd allow us to be a blessing to those in blended, mended, and extended circumstances. If we're a grandparent here today, God, I just pray a double blessing on them today. Would they just be able to spread that blessing over their grandchildren? Would they just spoil them rotten like they've already done, God? Would you just bless them, thank you, and honor them today? Lord, would you be with those families that are having trouble with family and with sons and daughters and moms and dads and they're trying to figure it out, they're trying to work through it? would you just bless them? Would you give them the strength? And would you give them to hope to know that you can do whatever you want in their family unit? And God, we pray that you have your way. And today we just say yes to you. If any of us here are not a part of your family yet, the only way we can be a part of that is by saying yes to you, Jesus. And so this morning, God, if we've never done that, just agree with me in your heart right now. Lord Jesus, I accept you. I believe in you. Forgive me for my sins and accept me right where I'm at as I choose a life to follow you from this day forward. I pray this in your name. And everyone said, amen. Hey, would you stand up? Let's sing one more song before we go out and enjoy this weather. Come on, church. We just thank you for today, and we just ask that you bless every family here. Lord, have your way, and uh, just be with us in this week to come. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, say hi to somebody on your way out. Membership will start in about 25 minutes in the K through 5th room. Have a great week.